Numbers 35. Yahweh spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab, by the Jordan, at Jericho, saying, Command the children of Israel to give to the Levites cities to dwell out of their inheritance. You shall give pasture lands for the cities around them to the Levites. They shall have the cities to dwell in. Their pasture lands shall be for their livestock and for their possessions and for all their animals. The pasture lands of the cities which you shall give to the Levites shall be away from the wall of the city, or shall be from the wall of the city and outward a thousand cubits around it. You shall measure outside of the city for the east side 2,000 cubits, and for the south side 2,000 cubits, and for the west side 2,000 cubits, and for the north side 2,000 cubits, the city being in the middle. This shall be the pasture lands of their cities. The cities which you shall give to the Levites, they shall be the six cities of refuge, which you shall give them for the manslayer to flee to. Besides them, you shall give 42 cities. All the cities which you shall give to the Levites shall be 48 cities, together with their pasture lands. Concerning the cities which you shall give of the possession of the children of Israel, from the many you shall take many, and from the few you shall take few. Everyone according to his inheritance, which he inherits, shall give some of his cities to the Levites. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and tell them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall appoint for yourselves cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer who kills any person unwittingly may flee there. The cities shall be for your refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer not die until he stands before the congregation for judgment. The cities which you shall give shall be for you six cities of refuge. You shall give three cities beyond the Jordan, and you shall give three cities in the land of Canaan. They shall be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be refuge for the children of Israel, for the stranger, and for the foreigner living among them, that everyone who kills any person unwittingly may flee there. But... If he struck him with an instrument of iron, so that he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. If he struck him with a stone in the hand by which a man may die, and he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he struck him with a weapon of wood in the hand by which a man may die, and he died, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The avenger of blood shall himself put the murderer to death. When he meets him, he shall put him to death. If he shoved him out of hatred, or hurled something at him while lying in wait so that he died, or in hostility struck him with his hand so that he died, he who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. But if he shoved him suddenly without hostility, or hurled on him anything without lying in wait, or with any stone by which a man may die, not seeing him, and cast it on him so that he died, and he was not his enemy, not seeking his harm, then the congregation shall judge between the striker and the avenger of blood, according to these ordinances. The congregation shall deliver the manslayer out of the hand of the avenger of blood, and the congregation shall restore to him to his city of refuge, where he hath fled." He shall dwell therein until the death of the high priest who was anointed with holy oil. But if the manslayer shall at any time go beyond the border of his city of refuge where he flees, 
and the avenger of blood finds him outside of the border of his city of refuge, and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, he shall not be guilty of blood, because he should have remained in the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer shall return into the land of his possession. These things shall be for a statute and an ordinance to you throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Whoever kills any person, the murderer shall be slain based on the testimony of witnesses. But one witness shall not testify alone against any person so that he dies. Moreover, you shall take no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death. He shall surely be put to death. You shall take no ransom for him who has fled to the city of refuge, that he may come again to dwell in the land before the death of the priest. So you shall not pollute the land where you live, for blood pollutes the land. No atonement can be made for the land, for the blood that is shed in it, but by the blood of him who shed it. You shall not defile the land which you inhabit where I dwell, for I, Yahweh, dwell among the children of Israel. So we've got an interesting chapter here. And um, some of these chapters in Numbers, they just seem to not be connected to the previous one. And, um, but they're all a part of the Bible, and sometimes you have just miscellaneous sections. <laughs> There's all the things that need to be mentioned. Here we've got six cities that are set aside to be cities of refuge. Now, they're not even in the Promised Land yet, but the Lord's telling Moses this is what has to be done when you go in there. So the Levites don't get land divided up between them. That's what we were talking about in the previous chapter. The Levites instead get cities. And so the Levites' inheritance isn't land. They have a place to live in a city. But out of the cities, six of them are designated cities of refuge. And basically, if someone kills someone accidentally, they can flee to one of these cities and be safe. Now, there's a person, that's the striker, the person who kills someone accidentally, but the, the, there's you know usually a family member or someone that wants to get revenge that person is called the avenger of blood. So if I accidentally, you know, um, crash my car into someone and it's uh, an accident and someone else dies, so that's not murder, that's just a terrible accident. It may be manslaughter, you know, if, if someone hadn't maintained their car and their brakes failed, you know, in some cases car accidents can be manslaughter if there was negligence. Um, but, you know, there'd be an avenger of blood. So someone, you know, if we're living back then, someone would be out to get the murderer and, well, they could flee, you know, the one who killed, they could flee to one of these cities where they would guarantee that they would get a fair trial. So you weren't fleeing to these cities to escape judgment. You were fleeing to these cities to make sure you got, ju got justice. You weren't trying to escape justice. You were wanting justice. And, but if you were, if you were caught outside of this city, then the avenger of blood <laughs> could get you and could kill you and it was legally allowed to do so. So if there was an accident, the best thing for you to do was just a bolt to get to one of these cities. And um, there, were, there were certain, and obviously at that point there'd be, there'd be um, a, a trial and if there were witnesses and the witnesses saw that you'd murdered Dan and there was no excuse for it and the penalty for murder was, was that you would be killed. So that's all very black and white. Now, this, this Bible passage um, was very, very interestingly featured in a, in a missionary. Um, there was a, a, mission, a group of missionaries that went to Arian Jaya. So the island that's just north of Australia is the island of, um, the island of Papua. 
The left half of that, the right half of that is Papua New Guinea and the left half of that is Irian Jaya or um, in, it's, I think it might be called the province of West Papua in, it belongs to Indonesia. So there were some missionaries that went there. There was an Australian, it was New Zealand. I think the Australian was called Stan Dale. He was an ex-soldier um, from World War II and he was very, very rough and tough. Phil Masters was an American that went there and there were some different men that went to this part of the world and there were cannibals there, there were tribal people. It was incredibly brutal. And the, the amount of languages in this part of the world was so diverse, like there'd be a tribe living on one hill and there'd be you know a steep hill and a valley with a ravine and a, and a roaring river through and on the other, on the, the next hill would be another tribe speaking a completely different language. And I know in Papua New Guinea alone, which is the eastern half of that island, there were 900 languages in just that one island. It was the most multi-diverse, you know, most multilingual area of diversity in the world, I understand, was, was that island of um, Papua. And so there were these tribes here and some missionaries like Standale and Phil Masters went. And you should look up their story. It's all told in the book, Lords of the Earth. Now these tribes, even though they often spoke different languages, they had some interesting um, habits. And one of the habits was, was that they were always trying to um, kill someone from another tribe and eat them. So this was genuine cannibalism, but part of the coming of age, like for these young men, if they could kill someone from another tribe and eat them, it gave them real status in their community. So this was something they were always trying to do. So as a result, People are always looking out for the opportunity to, to take someone from another tribe. But also, if you're in your tribe, you're always looking out for the opportunity that someone's trying to get you to make sure you're safe. So when they would go to their gardens, they would have their bows and arrows and their spears and their tomahawks with them the entire time, their little axes. And um, they were always on hyper alert. And so this is what um, their life was like before the gospel. And it reminds me, you know, of what the prophet Isaiah said that, you know, later on in the Bible, it says, every man will lay down under his palm tree or his fig tree and be at peace. Well, that's the effect of the gospel at the work in the world is that we're not living on hyper alert at every minute thinking we're going to be killed. But the gospel is so working in the world that we now live in relative peace. But anyway, it was only about 70 years ago in, in Papua that people weren't living in peace. The gospel hadn't come and people were Stone Age and these tribes were on hyper alert all the time. And so what would happen in the story, Lords of the Earth, which you, you should, it's a fascinating story, probably the best, most interesting missionary story I've ever read. There's this tribe and there's this man, and I've forgotten his name, and he decides he's gonna make a name for himself. And he bolts down the, down the hill and he crosses this ferocious river and the, the river is, is roaring really fast. It, it, it's hard to cross, he crosses the river and as soon as he's on the, the other side of the river, he's now in the other tribe's turf. And he knows that if they see him, they're gonna try to spear him and eat him. So he, he goes up the hill and um, he, he's looking for someone on the outskirts that's not paying attention. He sees you know a woman digging in her garden or something. He thinks there's someone I can take out. And he, he starts shooting arrows and uh, he, he gets her and he grabs her and he starts pulling her down the hill, you know, and he's got to cross the river at the bottom and get back to his own side to be safe. But as he's going down the river, you know, he gets shot and he's now trying to carry the weight of this body, um, but it's, it's so heavy on him and he's now got an injury of his own. And as he's going down the river, he knows he's not going to make it. He knows they're going to get him and they're going to turn him into a meal instead of him 
taking away you know, his victim for a meal, he's gonna become a meal. It's terrible, isn't it? This is Stone Age culture. This is what life is like before the gospel. And if you, the Bible doesn't go into the grisly details, but if you, if you think of the land of Canaan before the Israelites, the Lord said, um, you know, it was just 200 years earlier, the Lord said that, that it wasn't time to go in because their sin had not yet reached its fulfillment or had not reached its height. I mean, the sin in the land was so bad. When I think of that story, Lords of the Earth, that's what I think Canaan was like. And so we've got this story, Lords of the Earth. I'm kind of on a detour here. But this man, he's going down the hill and he suddenly sees this area of refuge. And this is where we're tying into Numbers 35. These tribal cultures had these little areas that were set aside, and they were spiritual areas. And they believed that, you know, it had to do with the worship of their, you know, the trees and the forest. And, and, and it's been a while since I've read it, so I'm a little vague on the detail. But this, as soon as the man saw it, he knew he could get into that area and he'd be safe. It was an area of refuge. And uh, you can go read the story and find out all the things that happen in that book and how these missionaries, Standale and Phil Masters, they ended up dying up there. Cannibals killed them, but their testimony ended up bringing people to Christ. Phil Masters' wife, Phyllis, she's still alive today. She's a, a sweetheart and she's got some stories on YouTube that she tells and she's just incredible to listen to. And it's a very interesting story. But it was this whole thing about the area of refuge. They used Numbers 35 in the Bible to talk about how God had provided a place of refuge. And it was this was one of the key things that they used to bring people to Christ in that Stone Age tribe. And, and here we've got this story in, in Numbers 35, and it just looks like a, you know, a, a practical thing. And it was a practical thing, but it's also a picture of Jesus. If we think about who we are for a minute, we are, we're people who've sinned, we've fallen short of God, there's no chance of redemption, but out there, there's someone called the Avenger, the evil one, he's after us, he wants to get us. The Bible says he's, he's come to rob, steal and destroy, but there's a place that we can flee for refuge, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our city of refuge, he's our place of refuge, he's our rock. And so we've got here in Numbers 35, not only an explanation of practical things for the Israelites, but we've got a real picture of Jesus Christ once again. And if your life isn't right with the Lord, it's time to flee to the city of refuge, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I ask right now that you would help us to be found in you. Help us not to go outside of you and um, help us not to go outside of you and, uh, and risk you know, being caught by the avenger of blood, but help us to stay in you and be safe. And Lord, it says here in this passage that we're to stay in that city until the high priest dies. But Lord, you are the high priest that never dies. You're the living priest. And we should stay inside of you forever. So Lord, let our resting place be with you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.